He used to call it two, the three P's. Play, possession, and position. Football, the people say, what do you do? What are you doing to play? Hello and welcome to the Tactical Stand, the podcast which tactically analyzes the big games that have taken place in the past week. Or uh, would like to start off by saying very, very sorry uh, for the fact that we could not put the podcast out on Tuesday morning. I work and we all do a bit of work, so we got into a bit of difficulties there as well as some technical difficulties, a joint thing altogether. So sorry we haven't put the episode out on Tuesday, but. As we, as we do promise, we did tell you yesterday itself, day before yesterday on Monday itself, that it will be coming out on Wednesday morning and we will definitely uh, continue back to Tuesday from next week. It was a small blip. Uh, I'm your host, Ayush Roy, and I'm very, very happy to have my regular residents back on the episode. Bhargav, Gopal and Hari are in the house. Lovely to see you guys again. I think Hari obviously missed out last week due to work once again. Um, and we're going to start off, let's start off straight away with the first game because it involves your two favourite sides. Um, Chelsea playing Manchester City um, in the Premier League. A chance for City to win the game and uh, confirm being champions. But Chelsea under Thomas Tuchel had other ideas coming back from 1-0 down and a terrible Aguero penalty uh, to score two goals in the second half and win two on a last-minute Marcus Alonso winner. Let's start with the team that won, the fan of the team that won the game, Chelsea. Hurry, Thomas Tuchel has now beaten Pep twice, and this was very, very impressive, especially that second half performance. What did you take from the game? Yes, uh, this, uh, this was a very good week for me, especially because uh, Champions League final after 2012, and uh, again, then beating the soon to be champions. Is in their home that too was very good in the space of three four days. So yeah, I mean I couldn't have expected for a better week. Uh, it also means that Chelsea are now in a very good position for uh, top four, which they were having some fears while entering the game and the defeat here could have made things more tricky for us. But uh, yeah, we are very happy. So coming back to the game, uh, we we were all right. I believe. Uh, City definitely being their home were definitely expected to dominate much of the proceedings earlier in the match, which they did. Uh, but Chelsea were able to fight back. Uh, as we saw in the game, uh, uh, Pep had not obviously started his uh, starting level, which we all knew because uh, obviously he would like to rest his players, given that uh, he, uh, their main target is again the Champions League final, again, which we are, we are facing there again. And uh, I, I, I also felt that uh, this was also a match where, you know, Pep could experiment because uh, he had, he means he usually tends to, you know, come up with different ways to outsmart his opponent and keep him guessing. In this case, he definitely wanted to keep Tushal uh, guessing in the case that he also started with a back three. Uh, City haven't done that so far in this season to that extent. But they uh, made sure that uh, they came with a back three and set with an unusual formation, which was uh, almost a 5-1-2-2 sort of formation. And uh, 
I think Sterling made good use of the space uh, on the wings, especially uh, Aspilicota did not have an easy time in the beginning of the match. And uh, as the game progressed, though there were some tactical adjustments were crucial, I feel that uh, they were able to make good use and Sterling uh, and Jesus combined well. Jesus obviously got uh, the better of uh, Christensen, where sadly uh, he got injured and I'm not sure whether he'll play the final. But uh, yeah, they got the goal and uh, yeah, they were in good position to get a 2-0 lead. But uh, thankfully, Aguero did a panenka and Wendy did not move. <laughs> and I believe that in the second half, Chelsea did fight back because uh, definitely uh, Ziyech and Pulisic took turns to drop deeper and uh, tried to bring their centre-backs out of position, which uh, helped Werner make his runs, which he usually does against all sides. And this definitely opened up spaces and that was reflecting in the winning goal as well for Chelsea. Uh, so, overall, though I am pleased with the win, uh, if there is one thing that uh, gives me some fear, it is that Pepe has lost twice against Tuchel and uh, he may be, you know, uh, riling at the fact that he lost twice in the space of a month and could may, you know, he, be, he would be firing on all cylinders to make comments in the most important game of the season. Very interesting there. Yeah, I think a lot of people have mentioned that to me, that does Pep lose thrice and three times in a row to one manager? I think he did lose thrice to Ole last season, but that's a different conversation altogether. Uh, Bhargav, let's move the conversation uh, to you. Um, we saw City, as Hari mentioned, a back three, uh, which was something he's not done this season. He's obviously trying to experiment at this stage. And I thought that did a good job in the first half, you know, in stifling out Tuchel and the way they like to play. Should have been 2 0 up at halftime. Let's not beat around the bush. Got a penalty and scored a goal. And then it obviously went completely haywire in the second half because Tushar understood the, the problems or the threats that Man City are creating. But let's talk about City there. Where did City go wrong? Because they were doing so well in the first half and then not so well in the second half. Why did we see that change? Personally speaking, um, I don't think the result made a lot of difference. Uh, to either the, you know, the, the players, the manager, or indeed the fans in itself. Absolutely. Uh, but it's obviously, you know, it's fair to say that you know, if there's a chance to seal the title, you probably should take it rather than you know, delay the inevitable. But uh, I think uh, where it all went wrong in the second half is, in the sense, it was the game was still in the balance. Uh, I don't feel that you know, uh, Tuchel outwitted Pep exactly in the second half because in the considering that you know both teams were you know, going out at each other making attempts you know on the opposition goal and uh, admittedly you know Chelsea in fact had to pick up the pace in the second half which eventually you know gave rise to the you know the deserved comeback possibly and you know in mixture with you know players individual mistakes as well uh, and, and I can specifically point fingers at you know a few in Mendy you know Sterling Cancelo uh, you know, Diaz, who's been, you know, the, the player of our season so far, didn't have exactly the best of games at, you know, right centre-back, where, you know, he usually plays on the left. So, it is a mixture of few things. Uh, and obviously, the big, big shout about the penalty. Uh, it's not, I mean, it's not like me to, you know, go on about referee decisions, but I certainly felt that, you know, that was a big game-changer in the, in the context of the match in itself. So, Overall, I mean, I I really thought that you know, uh, City's lineup was not you know uh, tactically correct, 
because you know we were effectively playing with a solo dm and you are just slotting in sterling and torres who are you know natural right wingers expecting them to play you know the number 8 roles which are usually played by gundogan and bernardo and kevin de bruyne and foden and the likes of them so it's it's obviously you know placing you know the the phrase that i like to use you know square pegs and round holes they didn't exactly fit it's it's their you know natural instinct to go and attack which means they're leaving all the space in the midfield and if there's anything we know about chelsea under tuchel and their champions league fixture it's that you know they've sort of you know started to take control over the midfield in the games that they like to play started to use you know uh, kovacic was uh, had started to become a revelation uh, obviously then he missed out but kante is being doing a good job there's obviously mason mount there you know shining young star there's jorginho at the depth of the midfield you know playing the register also the wing backs contributing in the midfield as well we often visualize wing backs are either pure defenders or you know pure attackers in the in the moment but what we don't realize is that they back up the midfield a little bit in the, in the big scheme of things we call it 352 for a reason is because wing backs are you know predominantly wide midfielders who can change the tempo based on you know the instructions that are given out so yeah i mean uh, would i say that you know chelsea merited the win i wouldn't say that honestly because i i actually thought that you know the game would pan out in a draw but it's it's definitely on the city players uh, the ones i mentioned as well as the others who just you know failed to you know get their concentration going in the most important moments and suddenly this i mean make no mistake it was a simulation of a champions league final so if there's anything that we can take away it's that yeah some of the players that were that are on the b team needed some games some you know uh, momentum to get keep their you know season going and uh, you know uh, uh, on the same time on the same side we have seen that you know pep has not yet unleashed the a team which which has been playing in the big games that is the false nine system that is the midfielders that are in form and you know the naturally uh, existing backline so there's a lot to play for uh, obviously round 2 is around the corner and you know just about a couple of weeks time three weeks time from now so it will be interesting you know how it eventually pans out but yeah on the on the night in the premier league it was it was certainly a good game to watch i'll actually talk uh, ask hari a direct question from what you said bhargav which is hari you've now chelsea's obviously played city twice now in the fa cup semi final and of course on sunday and tottenham <laughs> while he's won twice you have to say that in both games pep guardiola rested a lot of players you know he he did not play the false nine in both games um he did not play the best players of the best formation the team which we saw play against psg in both legs we did not see that team is that fear there when it comes to the champions league final where you know you've beaten a, a team with a lot of substitutions but you haven't played that best 11 you know that 11 that's essentially won them the league got them to a champions league final maybe even made them the best team in europe some would say no not that way uh, i would say that uh, in whichever games you play you can only play the team that the opposition puts in front of you so in the fa cup semi final uh, i think chelsea were anyway dominant and were deserved winners even if uh, people would say that it was you know not the best 11 and let's not forget they were they, many were saying that they are anyway fighting for a quadruple so in my opinion pep was definitely not going to leave it alone and i'm pretty sure that had he had they got the first goal we wouldn't be even talking about you know uh, this that it was a second team or whichever team it was so at the end of the day uh, it's the result that counts and let's not forget as well chelsea also had rested mount 
Kovacic is injured. Thiago Silva is not there. So, just saying, simply saying that, even I can say that uh, City did not play the best Chelsea side in this picture. So, we can pick all the ifs and buts, but at the end of the day, I believe that uh, it was a good match and uh, Chelsea was uh, there to, you know, get that last chance into the net. Okay, so I've now, I'll now move from a Chelsea worry to a City worry. And that's straight to you, Bhargav. Um, we've seen, of course, City stick to this false nine formation in the most important games. Uh, something which Guardiola hasn't done in the earlier seasons where he stuck to the system which he prefers. He's changed it around in, you know, for example, against Lyon last season or against uh, Monaco a couple, in, in his first season at the club. He's changed it very randomly when he's overthinking. Do you think that now that he changed the system for the Chelsea game, of course making a lot of substitutions, but he played a back three, is there a, a bit of fear in your head that maybe this is a maybe this is going to be used in the Champions League final where he might move away from the false nine and go with a back three because he thinks that will work against Chelsea? Is that that because it's been happening so many times in the last couple of years? Is that fear there as a City fan, or you're confident that he's learned his lesson? He will play a false nine in the final. I mean, well, if the weekend result is any evidence, I don't think he should play back three. <laughs> because, uh, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, we are all sensible enough to think that Pep is sensible enough to, you know, not play uh, uh, you <laughs> know, uh, a team which, you know, ended up on the losing side. But, uh, no, I'm not concerned about, you know, the overthinking. See, I mean, I sort of saw this coming, you know, from a personal standpoint. I mean, when I saw the lineup, you know, o- over the weekend, I... I saw that, you know, the, okay, these are all the players, or at least most of the players, that did not play, you know, the the, the Paris match. So, you, you were sort of expecting it was an exercise to see which of these players, in terms of individual matchups, might be able to, you know, sort of make an impression and stake a place, you know, in, in the final. And, I mean... One thing that is safe to say is that, you know, if this was indeed an experiment, and I don't think, you know, Pep is ever that big a, a sore loser to say that, you know, okay, he, he made this decision of playing just the B team and, you know, uh, Chelsea were also, you know, testing the players and that he would not accept, you know, defeat in grace. He absolutely does. But I think, you know, if this, this experiment was any proof, uh, I think it's that, you know, the, the first team, the, the team that he has stuck for in the big matches and uh, basically the guys who didn't play over the weekend, uh, they they are the ones who are going to set foot, you know, uh, on the pitch when, when the Champions League final does come around and none of these players exactly impressed on the day. Uh, there, there were no, uh, you know, significant matchups that were identified that, you know, okay, if this this place is exactly a weakness. I mean, you can talk about the impact that, you know, Ferran Torres was able to make. Uh, you know, Raheem Sterling obviously playing in a little bit of an uncomfortable position, sort of drifting from a number 10 position towards, you know, the right flank as he would instinctively do. But, you know, otherwise, Mendy, not very impressive. Cancelo, quite subpar at right wing back, which is a surprise given that's his natural position. You know, Diaz shifting from right to left, not that much of an impact, but still uh, an impact enough to, you know, say that, you know, they, they contained the, the Chelsea chances. And, you know, up front as well, Aguero and Jesus, not really, you know, working as a combination, simply because this system has not been implemented that frequently. And you you need rhythm for any kind of system. I mean, let's not make any, uh, you know, mistake about that. So, I certainly think that, you know, Pep's number one, you know, motivation for the weekend game is 
look, I mean, the title is just about to be sealed. Uh, I can treat this game as, you know, a chance for some of those players who have not been able to play as frequently as their, you know, 18 counterparts. Let's give them a run out. Let's see if there are any significant weaknesses. And possibly behind the scenes, he might have identified one or two issues that he can quite tweak. Maybe at left back, it's Zinchenko versus Cancelo. Maybe in the center of midfield, you know, he can he can opt to play the extra midfielder in Bernardo, or you know, go with Aguero as a natural number nine, playing a four-three-three, which he usually does. So from a tactical standpoint, there are just a, a one or two you know places that he can reach it. But otherwise, I would expect it to be you know possibly the same system, tactics, and formation. Very very interesting and. Um... With that, we move to something which seems a long time ago, but it was actually just a week ago, the Champions League semi-final second legs. And, of course, we've talked about both the teams reaching the finals, so you know who went to the final, City and Chelsea. But what was remarkable was the impressiveness, if that's a word, of both the teams in the second leg, Man City and Chelsea, both winning 2-0 on the night. Um, let's start with the first game, which was on Tuesday, Man City versus PSG, 2-0 win. Um, Bhargav, I think the one thing that stood out for me in this game was uh, your defence, City's defence. I thought Ruben Diaz was, and he's does not beat around the bush, Ruben Diaz has been superb this season and yet that to me was his best performance this season, which says a lot about the performance. And even John Stones was incredible. Zinchenko put in a great shift on the night. Let's talk, we have to talk about that. But what was, was it the defence that impressed you the most or was it something else? The team performance was impressive to me. I mean, but that's of course you know that's, that's coming from personal bias. But yeah, I mean the defense has you know it's it's been I don't know if people like to view it that way, but you know I am one of the few people or city fans who have had joy watching our team defend this season, particularly considering that we are not on the goal scoring you know juggernaut that we usually are scoring you know 100 plus goals every season this time it's been what around 75 70 75 80 odd goals but it's been the defense that's kept us in the game and not just this game uh you know in in midweek but you know over uh you know since turning a new leaf over you know christmas so i think you know it's it, it was definitely a, a good defensive performance to to contain Neymar and to you know to con- contain Di Maria, who was you know a, a, a prick in the you know in the plan in the first leg because he's the one who you know obviously uh, laid down the corner for Marquinhos to score. So to to control him, Mbappe obviously missing uh, you know due to an injury. But of course, I mean even if it were played, it it would have been interesting to see how that would have gone about. So overall, I mean I I, I certainly felt that there was uh, a a good shift in defense. But uh, you know, I would also like to compliment the the way the midfield was able to transit because that's what you know helps you carry the ball from one end of the pitch. And you know, we are ex- extremely lucky if we are talking about the defense to have a great ball playing goalkeeper like Ederson. And it's not something that's come up often in this you know in, in the podcast series. But you know, Ederson deserves a lot of credit because he is someone who gives you the eleventh player advantage sometimes when teams are expecting him. To not to do that because often your mind is focused on uh, you know City's goalkeeper playing it to the defense, to the midfield, to the attack, playing out from the back and pressing in there. But 
I mean, I, I I think Paris certainly did not you know consider Ederson as a you know as a ball playing threat. Someone has a very you know a natural midfielder esque pass, wasn't it? It was a long ping for the first goal, especially. I mean, it was a long ping to to the left hand side. Zinchenko making that run and obviously you know it, it would open the scoring on the night. So I certainly think that you know him being in that side gives obviously it gives confidence in terms of you know the clean sheets and the saves that he's able to make. But definitely you know to have that extra potent weapon in terms of a you know accurate long pass sometimes can stifle you know the the, the best of best of teams and best of defenses. And yeah, I, I certainly thought that you know uh, the the team deserved. Some good credit. They saw the saw the leg out convincingly. It could have been more, in fact, but uh, certainly the defense gets gets a standout shot out. City reaching their first Champions League final, something which will keep a smile on Bahar face, even though he looks quite tired at this moment in time. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, in, in addition to that, no more can you know football Twitter say that you know Duvalipa has more appearances, final appearances <laughs> than Man City. I've seen the joke going around. A lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of memes died on Tuesday. A lot of memes died, no. <laughs> but we moved to Wednesday night, and uh, I'll be very honest. My first reaction to the game was how poor Real Madrid were. Um, I, I think obviously they have injuries, and Ramos was playing his first game in a couple of months. And you can you can make an excuse if you really really want to. I think that's the point I'm coming to. But you can't take away the fact that Chelsea were very impressive on the night. They scored two goals when they should have scored five. I think they should have very easily scored five or six that day, which is a different thing. And Hari, we've discussed it endlessly on the show, the fact that Chelsea don't finish chances. But it was still an impressive showing and a very comprehensive showing to win the game, already having that away goal. Um, what was so impressive about it? Why do you think Chelsea was so good that day? Well, uh, it was a very good performance in the sense that it's really muddled in front of you. you see, 13-time champions... They always carry this edge, you know, when it comes to these semi-finals, especially. It could be a different story if it's a round of 16 or a quarter-final because the stakes are not too high, in my opinion. If you lose there, you lose there. That's it. But when it's a semi-final, you know, you have an added pressure because the teams also begin to feel and, you know, they realize that it's just two games here from here onwards for you, you know, that you could end up with the most prized asset in Europe. So... So that made me very happy that Chelsea were able to see out the job. Having already missed chances in the first leg against Real Madrid, where I felt that they should have uh, put the game to bed there itself. Uh, Their mental strength was the most impressive part for me that they had it in them to you know shut the game off because you never know in such games when the, if there is a possibility that an away side scores first, then it's a tricky game for you because you never know that you'll be able to score. The pressure itself will make sure that the time is very less, even though if there is 90 minutes on the clock. So, and yeah, now coming back to the performances, I feel that uh, the midfield definitely did well. Uh, we were, we made sure that their best players did not have uh, the, you know, possibility to dominate. Even if they had the position, they could not make enough out of it. So that, uh, and Kante was exceptional on the day. Uh, he was really good. And in fact, uh, he was so good that he even uh, made his contribution felt on the other side as well. It was his breakaway which led to the second goal. He could have had a goal himself. And there are countless other uh, occasions where he was, you know, it was clear that his contribution was seen. Uh, again, uh, Havertz were also very good. The only thing which was missing from his performance was a good finish. Uh, he hit the bar twice. Obviously, he missed a one-on-one. 
but uh, overall he had a very good game and we were also happy to see uh, mount you know lay the finishing touch pulisic also was good as a fruit so it was an overall very good performance from the chelsea side uh definitely yeah there were injuries for real madrid we know that but uh, nevertheless uh, i believe that it is a side which knows how to play such games and when you have a side like this who can get and eke out with uh, the results when needed it's always difficult to throw them out of any competition definitely just a little note on kante um, you know ayush and hari that you know uh, i think he was one of the biggest tactical differentials over the two legs and uh, something that you know uh, zidane and his men were not able to capture at all especially after his you know breakaway impact in, in the first leg because you know kante's role has you know it's it's obviously you know in the premier league he can he has the option to revert to being a deeper lying midfielder but i certainly thought that the way it was going in the champions league semi final the way tukul recognized that you know there would be a space in the midfield considering you know the crews and modric were you know not going to have that much influence in the in the middle of the park because they're busy you know attending to the attacking you know side of things so uh, that way you know to to stack up the midfield advantage in in chelsea's favor uh, and to you know revert an instruction that you know to kante this is going to be a role today you are you know going to be responsible for running up and down the channel and you know generally people are not going to expect you to score a goal or probably assist a goal but still i need you to be in the in and around you know the vicinity of the box uh, the pressure is going to be on the attackers help keepers you know that that position recycling that you know i i'm you know very intent on and so tukul you know perfectly got his message over to kante and you know it's possibly a little shabby on real madrid's part that they were not able to identify such a big impact in the first half of the time and they they just couldn't resurrect you know their mistake alongside obviously the other mistakes that you know they 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 did in the second leg so you know kante definitely you know deserves uh, you know some stand out praise because of his you know football intelligence to be able to switch on and you know uh provide some versatile dynamism in the middle of the park absolutely phenomenal and golo kante but yeah we've talked about uh, your two clubs quite a lot today <laughs> obviously facing each other and now going to be facing each other in a few weeks in the champions league final we now move to spain and bhargav we've obviously had your european roundups where we've talked about how interesting um the 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 tie the title race is uh, within four teams out of which two teams faced each other on saturday uh, atletico madrid traveling to barcelona to play a game of course barcelona were two points behind atletico a win would take them above atletico with three games to go however um, it ended up in a goalless draw uh, bhargav you watched the game um, what was your feelings towards this goalless draw i think even though it was a drab goalless draw this result felt like a win for atletico madrid who been used to and take pride in their you know defensive uh, shifts and performance of saying uh, you know certainly obviously now it you know it, with real madrid's draw and savi it creates that two point buffer it's not much but you know considering that you know people are fighting you know tooth and nail for every point for every goal in terms of you know the head to head results and stuff like that i certainly feel that a two point advantage now with three games to go meaning that atletico's title race fate is still in their own hands right it's as simple as that simeone's men win those three games 
they are confirmed as you know la liga champions and so certainly in this game you know it's it's obviously you know uh, diplomatic to say that atletico were not going for a win themselves they would have loved to win the game i felt that you know the, there was a lot more presence on the wings than they usually have uh, you know that has contributed you know, obviously we've done chelsea versus atletico madrid we've talked about their attacking woes over there but they certainly tried in their in this in this game to you know take it to barcelona despite them facing the most improved team in 2021 i think you know barcelona have been on a very good run which has you know got them to this stage to be able to contend for the title so from from that perspective i certainly thought that you know atletico tried their best uh, obviously a lot of fouls in this game uh, which means that you know defenses were on point and at the same time not on point as well so i mean they were giving away all sorts of fouls messi was you know seemingly unplayable for for the atletico madrid players and uh despite you know barcelona's best efforts uh i thought that you know the the keepers were very good especially oblak uh he had to make a couple of important saves uh, a minute here and there of lapse of concentration could have easily been a very different result but uh, yeah i mean i i think you know atletico were sort of leaning towards a narrow win slash you know a, a draw which you know which would benefit them in the title race but definitely i felt that the tactics were spot on they were able to contain barcelona chances a little bit more uh because you know they, obviously you know sometimes in a 0 0 you would think that you know uh sometimes one team was able to dominate in you know the attacking side of things and the luck was just not on their side but you can definitely see you know see that you know there were limited chances on both ends uh, suarez had some good chances carrasco had some good chances you know thomas lemar and angel correa had one chance each so it was there it was in the mix could have tilted either way but i certainly think that you know this draw like i said last week something has got to give and you know from here on i think you know the the way atletico's fixtures are lined up uh, in terms of the clubs that they're they're facing i certainly think that you know nine points and title can be very easily there uh, actually one uh, there are some interesting parts as well in the game it was uh, back three versus back three i didn't expect uh, it to be this way especially with barcelona facing atletico but uh, the the one interesting part in the first half was barcelona were not able to handle uh, atletico's left side of the pitch in the first half especially hermoso could combine and he made some he made barcelona players think because that's that was one of the reasons why carrasco could you know make uh, his dribbles and he had some chances as well and even the korea uh, ch- uh, chance which bargo mentioned right now uh, was actually due to some problems created on the left by atletico so i feel that uh, that was one area where atletico could have tried much more in the second half as well uh, barcelona obviously uh, had messi uh, drop deeper and uh, yeah like uh, he said there was one very good save in the first half towards the end of the first half actually but uh, i feel that uh, given the amount of uh, that given that barcelona needed this win Uh, i feel that the number of chances that they created in this match was not enough for my liking and if i was a barcelona player i would have been disappointed that uh, oblak was not tested more than what he could have been so yeah i think nilil was a fair result given the number of chances created by both sides obviously it could have been a one all but feel the draw was a fair result and like we we put things things into perspective atletico madrid would still be happy that they have gone home without losing a match here and at the same time 
given the fixtures they should be winning but will they win is a question which we will have to <laughs> answer later on very very interesting last three games but bhargav there was another game uh, on the very next day which had a quite a big impact also in the title race you could say what was that game and what happened bhargav <laughs> Yeah, Real Madrid versus Sevilla, very very interesting uh, to the football neutral as compared to you know the Barca Atletico match because there were four goals, <laughs> so you know the, there was no shortage of you know goal supremacy in the game. Very late, uh, should I say, unintended winner uh, for uh, sorry equalizer from Eden Hazard. I don't think he was going <laughs> exactly to you know to to, to score that goal, but. Uh, you know of course it, it ended up in the net and i suddenly felt uh, a little bad for sevilla in the sense that you know they are the team that are wanting to do the catch up uh, they are obviously in fourth place and now they remain in fourth after having taken a point but they could have you know easily gone to uh, 70 73 points and you know been in and about in the last few game weeks but uh, real madrid after their you know uh, exit a sub park performance i would call it you know against chelsea they certainly stepped it up a little bit uh, they had the better share of chances if you want to talk about you know in terms of expected goals you know the, the quality was very good in terms of the way they were attacking it there was you know there was a lot of uh, you know tactical interplays on on the left side on the right side uh, eventually you know i sort of felt that they relied too much on the left hand side they wanted probably marcelo and you know vinicius junior alongside benzema dropping a little bit deeper to to create the goal they sidan probably thought that was their best shot at an opening goal but you know, eventually they were able to you know do it you know with asensio the the super sub so you know that certainly you know gave some confidence you know to to uh, to, to the real madrid side but overall i certainly felt that you know uh, sevilla merited a little more than that considering the way they had played considering the way that they had set up and they've certainly become a much much improved side under you know Lopetegui and uh, certainly i mean i i really felt that you know real madrid uh, could have taken the win but at the same time overall when you look at the bigger scheme of things sevilla might have just nicked that you know that game 2-1 so certainly keeps the la liga race interesting but uh, my money is definitely on atletico uh but hurry we've heard about england we've heard about the champions league we've heard about spain uh you've offered to do the european round up this time what's going on in some other countries like france for example well uh, france also saw some table shift and bargo could end up being right in his prediction as well because uh, ren ended up drawing one all against psg psg did get a goal uh, in a penalty thanks to neymar but uh, ren equalized and uh, again like this champions league semi final tie they got a player sent off and uh, ren could have actually won the game but still a draw was not a bad result for lil who ended up winning 3-0 uh, in their game and now as things stand if lil get four points from their last two games they'll be crowned champions uh so lil are 79 with 79 points psg are on 76 monaco are on 74 so mathematically they are still not ruled out but logically we can say that uh, there is no chance right now for monaco to win unless the two teams above them do some stupendous amount of choking now we love uh, to see an underdog right <laughs> I would definitely love to see Lille lift the league one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And given that, I think uh, it was Monaco uh, in 2017, before, and before that it was Montpellier in 2012. So definitely, 
France does uh, give you a surprise once in four or five years compared to the Italian league which gives once in a decade. So every every five years then basically like the the government changes. Every five years exactly. there's a new there's a new winner. <laughs> okay, that was lovely. Yeah, we I I I gotta repeat. I'd really like to see Lil pick it up once, even though of course it's happening every five years. But there's something. But is it the watch curse again? Yeah, I think I think we have to find out that Poch and Tottenham were actually a very very perfect combination together. But um, with that, we move to uh, Italy, where of course we know Inter Milan have been crown champions, and what a season Inter Milan have had. Also, capped off uh, the weekend with a five-one win against Sampdoria. But there was a very very big game in the race for top four, believe it or not, between AC Milan and Juventus, and AC Milan. came out uh surprise winners i definitely want to say surprise winners Go- goals from um uh, brahim diaz uh anti rebic and uh, chelsea uh, loney fikayo tomori gave ac milan a very impressive away win against juventus which put milan into third in the race for top 4 and the other big thing was juventus went to fifth um there of course only one point behind napoli in fourth It's currently Juventus fifth with sixty nine points, Napoli fourth with seventy points, Milan and Atlanta on seventy two points each. Um, the race for top four is not yet over. There are still three games to go, but it's extremely interesting to see uh, where Juventus are going to end up and which team finally miss out on a place in the Champions League. Juventus have played every single season in the Champions League since two thousand and ten. and it's a there's a constant fear that they might be missing out in of a champions league football for the first time in 11 years will ronaldo stay at the club there are a lot of questions to be answered if they don't but with that we move past uh, the european roundup we move to our final section which is the paul the octopus section we will look at four games and predict them bhargav again i'm sad to say you won last week as well so you move into a 6-2 lead and, and yeah let's be very honest I'm not catching you uh, in this in this season at least. So congratulations on that. But it will look nicer if it was six three than six two. So let's move to our first game, which is taking place on Wednesday. Uh, Chelsea versus Arsenal. Um, usually, you could easily say it was a very easy result because one team's in the FA Cup final and the Champions League final, and the other team has got nothing left to play for this season and sit in ninth position in the table. We all know which clubs I'm talking about when I say that. Or oh, let's ask the Chelsea fan first. Actually, sorry, hurry. Uh, it's your team, obviously, playing Arsenal. You lost the uh, reverse fixture in December three-one. What do you think is going to happen in this match? Well, uh, form is out of the window for a derby. We know that, but I'm still going ahead with a two-nil win for Chelsea this time. A little bit confident this time. Very interesting. You're going for a comfortable Chelsea win. Bhargav on the same lines. Yeah, it's going to be a Chelsea win, but it's going to be a two-one win. Um, I believe in terms of the scoreline. Uh, uh, Tuchel's tricky blues, as they're going on about on social media, might uh, you know just you know use their form in the game. But yeah, I, I certainly think the ledge Arsenal uh, over the over the. I will personally go for a draw. I think the fact that Arsenal have nothing left to play for in the season will make them a bit more hungry going into this game. I could be proven wrong, as Arsenal have proven a lot of people wrong this season for the bad, <laughs> more than the good. But um, 
Yeah, let's see what happens there. We move to our second game, which is Manchester United versus Liverpool. Supposed to have taken place a few weeks ago, but got postponed due to fan protests. Remember, I did a lo- lovely seven-minute rant on that a couple of weeks ago. Um, actually, not a couple of weeks ago. That was last week. That was last week. And uh, it's going ahead on Thursday. Of course, that would be United's third game in five days. We know they've rested a lot of their main players for the game against Leicester. Uh, but they're going to play a full team against Liverpool, having played a few days later. Uh, Bhargav, what are we going for in this game? Liverpool to win it 2-1. Very, very interesting. Klopp has never won at Old Trafford, let me put it in that way. But he's gone for a Liverpool win. Hari, what do you think is going to happen? I'm pretty sure that Klopp will still continue his winless record at Anfield and it will be a one-all draw. A one-all draw. So, we've got a win for Liverpool, a draw for um, from Hari. And I, obviously, I'm going to back my team to win and beat Liverpool again. I'm going for a, a very simple 2-1 victory, a tight game. But in the end, a good, well-earned victory against a team who I don't think are going to finish in the, in the Champions League spaces this season in Liverpool. We now move to the FA Cup final, which is surprisingly taking place this weekend. A very interesting tie between, of course, Thomas Tuchel, Hari, your team, Chelsea, and Leicester City popped out of nowhere, very, very comprehensively beating United in the semi-finals, if we remember. And um, let's start with Hari again. Hari, it's another Chelsea game we're predicting. What do you think is happening in the final? Uh, I'll, I believe it will be a tough game. And... Uh... I expect it to go till the end, but uh, the Chelsea fan in me believes that a 2-1 win is on the cards. Very, very interesting. Bhargav, what about you? I think it's going to be a one-all in normal time, even in extra time for that matter. And uh, I think Leicester will win it in a penalty shootout. Is what I feel. Ooh, somebody going for the underdogs and let me be very... The underdog, of course the underdogs. This is the space for the underdogs, isn't it? And let me be very frank, even I want to go for the underdogs. I'm going for a Leicester win, but not in 90 minutes. I definitely see... I would have said penalties, though I'm going to go different from you, Bhargav. I'm going to say uh, Iannaccio winner in extra time. And with that, we move to our final prediction, which is uh, from Germany now. We have the DFB Pokal... Final, which does not have Bayern Munich. Thank God for that. It has uh, Borussia Dortmund and RB Leipzig. Of course, that game was replayed in the league just this weekend and Borussia Dortmund won the game, beating Leipzig 3-2. But a final is a final. And Leipzig have been the better team in the league, in the Bundesliga this season. Bhargav, what do we think is happening in the final? I think simply because of uh, Dortmund's experience playing in all the DFB vocals, the you know the, the, the community shields and stuff like that, I I think you know I'll, I'll give a two-one win to them. They'll just about you know be better than Leipzig on the day and secure uh, a trophy. Big 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 point there. Hari, are you echoing the same thoughts? You think Leipzig Leipzig can upset Dortmund? In my opinion, Leipzig winning is not an upset. I believe both have equal chances to win. And uh, on the day, I'll pick Leipzig to win 3-2. Very interesting. So, you're going Leipzig. Revenge for the for, for, for last weekend. Yep. Revenge for last weekend. Good one there. Uh, I, exactly. <laughs> I think Holland will prove to be a bit too much for Leipzig as he has. And I think he'll get his first trophy as a Borussia Dortmund player. I'm going to go 
for uh, 3-2. The same result as last, as last weekend will happen again. A 3-2 win for Borussia Dortmund. Well, that's our predictions. Let me see if I can make it 6-3, make it look better than 6-2 in some way or form. Thank you so much to my regular residents, Bhargav and Hari, for joining me for episode 25, guys. 25 weeks we've gone on doing this. It's phenomenal as we come towards the end. Uh, let me shout out our socials again. Uh, we are on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. All you have to do is search for the tactical stand. And yeah, we will be back on Tuesday, not Wednesday. We promise you we're going to be back at a normal time on Tuesday morning uh, for episode 26, guys. And maybe we'll be talking about an FA Cup final with the underdogs as the winners. <laughs> Thank you so much and stay tuned. We'll be back next week. Thank <laughs> you.